Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hi, love. Welcome to episode 111 of the Money Love Podcast. Well, hi, guys. <laughs> I've missed y'all the past couple of weeks. If you are a regular listener of the podcast and you're not just going back and listening to this episode as an older episode and you're kind of listening to these episodes real time. This is the first episode that I put out in about three weeks. And I do want to talk to you guys today about a tool and a concept that I have created that I'm calling the shopping sprint. But that is something that I can explain to you in about 10 or 15 minutes. It is something that I wanted to do a podcast episode on because I've been sharing it within coaching sessions with you guys and within overcoming overspending. And when I share it, I get great feedback on it from those of you who have used it and tried it. You're like, I really, really love this. So I do want to do a podcast episode on it, but it's just something that I can explain to you relatively quickly. And so I thought that since this is the first episode back in a couple of weeks, I wanted to take the first part of this episode and just give y'all, I don't know, an update, right? Like maybe just like a personal update from Paige. I know I don't do this a whole lot. I know it's like we get into the podcast and a lot of weeks we just get right down to business and we're like, okay, let's just do what we're here to do and just jump into the topic. But I figured that since we might have a little bit of extra time this week in terms of just our normal podcast episode length, just update y'all because I've been gone for three weeks. And it was a break from the podcast that I was not expecting or else I totally would have told you guys. But just some things have gone down. I mean, the past month has definitely been wonky. It's been challenging. This summer has felt like a difficult time for me. And I don't know, it it feels sad a little bit to me that my brain even wants to go to this place and that I feel like I want to make this disclaimer. I do want to say that I don't want the next, I don't know, 10 to 15 minutes while I'm giving you all this update for it to come off like I'm complaining or that I'm not, you know, grateful for everything that I have. But I think sometimes it's just okay to say that like you're not doing great and you're going kind of through a difficult season and through a difficult time. And sometimes I get nervous that like, oh, I'm going to share this and people are going to be like, well, that's not that big of a deal compared to what I'm going through. I think that's always kind of been a fear of mine that we're going to get into this almost like pissing match of like, who's unhappier, who's going through the worst time of it, who has bigger challenges than the other person. And I think it's sad that my brain goes there, but I've just, I've seen it happen so many times. So I think my biggest hesitation is I just don't want it to come off that way. But I also want to be real with you guys and not pretend like everything's okay when I'm not really truly feeling okay. And just giving myself grace to say like, okay, I'm just doing the best that I can right now. A lot of days for the past, I would say 30 to 45 days, my best looks a lot different than I would say what my best looks like normally. So I'll just go ahead and kind of just like start from, I don't know, maybe 30, 45 days ago. But I felt like May was 
a good month in terms of just like my energy and my focus. Felt like I was able to just like wake up and be super productive. But ever since postpartum, ever since having Palmer, which has been over a year now, she turned one two weeks ago, which I'll tell you guys more about that. It feels like I go through these ups and downs, these seasons in my mood where I'll have times where I feel really good, really on fire, super focused, super aligned and locked in. It's like I wake up and I am just ready to go. And then I'll go through other seasons where it just feels like the opposite is true, where it's just like, I mean, I definitely don't have any issues like getting myself out of bed and getting out and just being productive in the sense of, you know, just like getting things done that need to get done, managing my household, things like that. But it's just like when it comes to sitting down and being focused, for some reason I get into these seasons where it's really, really hard for me and it's really challenging for me. Like I will go and I will sit at my desk for hours and it just feels like I can't do anything. I can't get anything done. It's like I just sit down at my desk and I just stare at my computer screen. I feel really tired. I feel really lethargic. And I mean, I think a lot of that has to also do with outside factors, but I could kind of feel myself like going into one of those seasons towards the end of May. Um, At the beginning of June, my husband lost his job and it was something that we actually weren't totally shocked by. He started a new job at the start of the year and we pretty quickly realized after him getting in that it just wasn't an ideal situation for him. The job was just very different getting in than kind of what they explained, you know, before he got in there. The leadership of the company was not stellar, not great direction, not great support. I mean, I won't go into too many details about it, but I mean, it was something that we weren't shocked by, right? So he started at the start of the year. He was only there for five months and he was essentially brought in to start a new business line within this company. And it's a, I don't know, I would say it's like a medium-sized company. It's definitely not like a small, small company, but I would say it's medium-sized. And after about five months, his boss, who is the CEO of the company, basically decided that they wanted to abort the new business line. They just said like, hey, like we tried it. We're not really super interested anymore. And the current climate of building this line. So Ryan, and unfortunately his team that he had hired on to come work with him and help build this business, they were all basically just kind of axed. Again, it's not something we were super shocked by. Like Ryan, his spidey senses were going off and he saw the writing on the wall. But still, I mean, A, even though we kind of saw it coming, it's still just never easy and it's still never fun having your spouse call you and say, hey, like it happened. They let me go. Today was my last day. Losing our steady stream of income with Ryan's job, losing our healthcare, losing all of our benefits. It's just kind of one of those things that you're like, okay, like here we go. Like we got to go into solution mode. We got to figure this out. And to be honest, I think that the months leading up to that happening were also really hard. I don't even really think that I realized it, but Ryan was in a pretty like rough state leading up to him getting fired because it was just, I mean, I don't know if any of you 
are in a situation like this or have ever been in a situation like this with your work, but going into a place to work every day where you kind of just feel like your head is on the chopping block every single day and like there's no clear support, no clear direction, everything's very up in the air, everything's very chaotic. It was just not a good environment, especially for Ryan to be in. And so he would just come home and he would just be so stressed, so tired, so anxious. And then of course, as his support system, a lot of that would get unloaded onto me. And I was happy to kind of bear that burden for him as his wife. You know, he always says I'm like his, his in-resident life coach, right? Like he says, like, you're more than just my wife. You're like my, you know, on hire or what's that called? An on-call life coach. So the months leading up to that were definitely challenging, like emotionally and mentally very taxing and very challenging. And when he got fired, it was one of those things that was like, it was, it was like equal parts hard and such a relief all at the same time. So he was fired, I guess, I don't know, fired, laid off, whatever you want to call it, June 9th. So that was over a month ago. And he's been home (laughs) since then which has been another like fun challenge for me. Just me being totally used to having the house all to myself all day. I have a, you know, once we take Palmer to daycare, I have a quiet house to just sit and get my work done. I have no distractions. I can film my videos. I can do calls. I can do recordings, like whatever I need to do. It's not a problem because there's no one here. And so having him here, having him like rummage around and be like watching movies and going in and out. And also like, I know this sounds weird, but like, I find it weird when I'm trying to record a video and like, I know someone is out there like listening to me. It just, it really like throws me off. And so having him here has definitely been a challenge. So that definitely threw off my normal routine. Palmer ended up getting pretty sick. She ended up getting strep and that took her out of daycare for like more than a week. And so we had her home for daycare, which was actually okay because again, like Ryan was here. So we were able to kind of tag team things. We finally got her to feeling better. And then we had her uh, one-year-old birthday party, which was kind of just like a really fun I don't know, glimmer in this whole thing was our baby turned one. And it's just crazy like how fast this past year has gone by. And so we just did a little small get together for her. We just had like our immediate family and our closest friends over to our house on her actual birthday, which was June 29th. And then the next morning on the 30th, we woke up and we flew to Ohio to spend the 4th of July holiday with my in-laws because they live in Ohio. We get to Ohio. The morning after we get to Ohio, my mother-in-law ends up getting admitted to the hospital because she has she's having issues internally, gastrointernal issues. They get her checked in. They don't know what the problem is. They can't figure it out. It's 4th of July. All of the doctors are gone. And we thought that she was just going to get evaluated and then sent home. But she actually ended up getting evaluated. And then they admitted her and said, hey, like we don't really know what the issue is. But because of her symptoms, they didn't feel right sending her home. So our entire trip to Ohio, which I mean, let's be real, was mostly for Ryan's mom. 
I mean, of course, it's Ryan's mom and Ryan's dad, both of my in-laws, but it was our first time taking Palmer up there. And it was also Palmer's first time on an airplane, by the way, which was fun. (laughs) So we really went up there for my mother-in-law, right? She was so excited to have us up there and she had all these activities planned for us. And, you know, we, we had the first night with her when we got there. And then the next morning she got to spend maybe two hours with Palmer. And then she was like, I need to go to the hospital. I probably should have said this at the beginning. She's fine. She's totally fine. They ended up figuring out what the issue was. It was something that was very fixable. It was just the fact that it took a long time. Like it took a long time for them to get the people that they needed to get in there to do the surgery, to figure out what the issue was. And so she was basically in the hospital for our entire trip. And we ended up extending our trip because Ryan didn't have a job that he like absolutely needed to get back to. And so Ryan was like, Hey, I feel like we need to stay. I feel like we need to stay and just be here and maybe buy us some more time to see if we can just play it out until she gets home. And so we actually ended up extending our trip quite a bit more than we originally planned. And then we honestly just had to get to the point where we're like, okay, we got to just like pull the plug at some point because she was in the hospital for like well over a week. So we ended up coming home. And so, I mean, that trip was good. Like it was great to be in Ohio, but also at the same time, it was just like, there was this huge hole. Like there was just this huge hole with my mother-in-law being in the hospital, like just knowing that she was there separated from all of us. She couldn't like be with, with any of us and like how just utterly devastated and disappointed she was. And then also too, just, you know, like when you're traveling with a one-year-old and just all of the stuff that you have to bring, like the diapers and the clothes and the formula and the, it just like, there's so many things, right? When you go thinking like, oh, we're only going to be here for three days. And then you're there for like three, four times that. It's like, okay, whoa, this is not what we planned. So we got back from that trip and I don't know. I mean, it's just like, gosh, ever, ever since we got back, this feeling that I've had even before the trip, even, even before like Ryan lost his job, I I could feel myself like kind of starting to get into one of those mindsets and one of those moods. But I don't know, like, it's just, it's been a challenging time for me. It's been a challenging season for me. I know I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but I'm somebody who has always measured my worth and how productive I am and what I'm able to accomplish and what I'm able to get done and what I'm able to like check off and cross off a to-do list. And I shared that this was my biggest struggle with postpartum. And now I think it's also become a challenge for me because before it was like, I almost kind of had a reason and I had an excuse of why I wasn't getting done what I needed to get done, which was having Palmer here with me. And then at the start of the year, we decided, okay, we're going to start sending her to daycare. And I mean, we're just, we're paying an arm and a leg for daycare. Of course, like, like really anyone does, right? It's like, there's really nowhere in the United States where childcare is cheap and affordable, But now it's almost like this added sense of pressure and this added sense of guilt because it's like, okay, not only does my husband not have a job and we have no income coming in and we have no health care, but we're also paying, I mean, I'll just tell y'all, we're paying $1,800 a month for childcare and I'm sending my baby who 
of course I love and I'm obsessed with and I want to send spend every second with her that I can, but I'm sending my baby away every single day to daycare so that I can be here and get done what I need to get done. And it's like the most frustrating thing that I just like come into my office and I just sit here and I it feels like I'm frozen. It feels like I can't move. It feels like I can't get anything done. And I think, I guess what I'm just trying to say is like, I'm just in a rut. I'm in a funk. I'm in a funk. I, I don't really think that there's just any other way for me to say it other than to say like, I'm just, I'm in a rut. I'm in a funk. I'm not super okay. And I say all this like in relation to what I know is average and normal for me. I guess when it really comes down to it, like I am okay. Don't worry. Like I'm not, I'm not to the point where like anything bad is going to happen, but I'm saying like, when I'm saying I'm not okay, I think I'm saying that I'm not okay in relation to what I know is like peak page. And right now and lately, I would say for the past 30 or 45 days, I'm like nowhere close to her. I, I feel very far away from her. I feel very disconnected from her. And I feel like I have this huge gap in between where I am and where she is. And it almost at times seems just like so insurmountable to like get me back to that point. However, I will say that I am committed to getting myself back to that point. And I also want to share with you guys kind of what I'm going to be doing to get myself back to that point, because I just, I don't want this whole episode just to be like, oh, woe is me in a funk, in a rut, not really doing so well, not really okay. And then just kind of like leave it at that. Because I don't know, like maybe one of you is listening to this episode and you feel the same way. Like you feel like every day is just kind of like a drudge, kind of like you're just moving through mud. Like you kind of have like rocks in your brain, like things just aren't clicking. Things aren't really like firing on all cylinders. So here's going to be a couple of the things that I am prioritizing. One is just my physical health. I also know that that has a big, big, big part to play in how I'm feeling. Routines getting thrown off, sleeping schedules getting thrown off, not eating as good as I normally do, doing less physical exercise than I normally do, drinking more alcohol than I normally do with the holidays and Palmer's party and, and all of that sort of stuff. Like I know for certain that that definitely has a role to play. So the first thing I'm going to be doing is prioritizing my physical health, making sure I'm sleeping enough, making sure I'm drinking enough water, really cutting back on alcohol, really cutting back on caffeine, going on walks every day, getting out in the sun every day, getting vitamin D. Right now I'm in a place where I'm like, if you don't get any work done today, but all you do is you can take care of yourself and you prioritize your health, that is enough. That is more than enough. And that is a great place to start. So I'm definitely going to be prioritizing my just physical health because I know that by doing that, it's really going to help my mental health and also my emotional health. The second thing that I'm doing that I learned from one of my mentors is she told me like, listen, when you're kind of in a rut, you're in a funk and you need a reset, you almost just have to give yourself like a deadline to say, I'm going to be in this funk until X date right? Like I'm going to be in this funk and I'm going to allow myself to feel this way. And I'm going to listen to my body and I'm going to let my body kind of like lead me and take control until this date. I'm going to feel what I need to feel. I'm going to process those emotions and process those feelings. But you almost kind of have to bring an end 
do the rut, bring an end to the funk, just to say like, the funk will continue until this date. And then after this date, like I'm done. Okay. Like I'm done with the funk. I am taking steps to get me out. So today is that day for me, July 18th. I knew that I was going to be recording this podcast. There's something about Tuesdays for me that just feel, I don't know. I just, I like Tuesdays. They're a good reset. And so I'm like, okay, July 18th is the end of the funk, right? Like I've been in the funk, probably I would say like, let's just call it the last two months and the funk is over, (laughs) right? So we lived in the funk, we had our time there, but I am putting an end date to the funk and I'm saying, okay, we are moving on and we are just going to take tiny, tiny, tiny steps every day in the right direction. The last thing I'm doing And I'm only going to be focusing on these three things in the beginning because I know I don't want to overwhelm myself. But the next thing that I'm going to be doing is every day just writing down three things that I want to get done today. And sometimes those things are going to be really easy things. Sometimes those things are not going to be super easy things. But going into a day and saying, okay, all you have to do is just do these three things. So when I go into my office and I sit down at my computer, it's like, do these three things, take care of your physical health and check those boxes. Because what I typically find is that I've been through this before. I've been through seasons of kind of feeling down and kind of feeling funky. And when I think back to those times and I'm like, okay, what did I do that actually got me out of it? The things that I did was I just started doing tiny, tiny, tiny little things that just gave me little bursts of like, okay, we got this. We can do this. We got momentum. Like we're moving forward. We're moving in the right direction. And it was like one step kind of led to the next step, which led to the next step, which led to the next, to where I finally felt like I had built up momentum. And I was like, okay, we got this. From the momentum came excitement and came inspiration. But I know that I can't just sit around here and wait for the momentum, the inspiration, the excitement, and honestly, at this point, the energy to come. Because I just think that where I'm at, it's not going to come. It's not going to just hit me. I'm not just going to wake up. It's not just going to fall out of the sky and smack me in the head. I have to actually take small steps every day in order to create that for myself. So Right now, those are my three primary areas of focus. I'm like, okay, take care of your physical self because when you do that, that's a rising tide that will lift a lot of other ships in my life. And I know that. I am officially putting a deadline to the funk, which is today. So (laughs) welcome to day one of the end of the funk. I don't know what I want to call it, but just welcome to day one of Paige no longer being in a funk. Like we're done, we're gone, we're out of it. And I'm just going to focus on my three small activities every single day. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to get through those three activities. And hopefully once I get through those three activities, that will spur me and inspire me to keep moving and keep doing other activities. I literally made no notes before I sat down to record this. I said, oh, I'm going to update y'all for 10 minutes and it's been 20 minutes. So I know you pretty much got double what you asked for, but... Again, I just want to be honest with y'all and transparent with you just about like sometimes I'm not okay in terms of just where I'm at, comparatively speaking, to like where I know I could be, like optimal levels of me. And before we kind of hop into the shopping sprint, I'll share just a thought that's been helping me for any of you guys who are going through a similar season. But I know we talk about the 50 50 concept a lot, about how 50% of life is going to be great. 
and 50% of life is not going to be so great. And half of it is going to feel really, really good. And you're going to be in those really positive, feel good emotions. And then the other half, it's basically going to be the opposite of that. And I think sometimes when we think about the 50-50 concept, we think of it very linearly in terms of like, oh, well, if I have one day or even one week, half of my day is going to be good and half of my day is going to be bad, or half of my week is going to be good. Half of my week is going to be bad. But I actually think that the 50-50 concept is more just like overall, if you're just looking at your life as a holistic whole, half of it's going to be good and half of it's going to be bad, which means that there could be a lot of days in a row or a lot of weeks in a row or even a lot of months in a row that feel like they are mostly bad and that feel like they are mostly negative, where you're just like, today was not a good day. Today was not a great day. Like didn't feel good or bad things happened or sad things happened or I wasn't my best today. I think it's very much possible and very much okay for us to go through seasons that feel like, okay, I'm in the 50% of the season that's not so great. And that's kind of what I've been telling myself is that the past 30 to 45 days, I've kind of been in that bad season. I've just been in the season that doesn't feel so good, that's not so hot, where I'm not my best self. And I always follow it up with like, and that's okay. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that anything has gone wrong. It doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. It just means that I'm in the part right now that feels hard, that doesn't feel so good. And that's challenging. That's a thought that's been helping me. And again, I I know we talk about the 50-50 concept a lot. And I feel like sometimes we can think about it like, oh, 50-50, like just very much like in a shorter period of time. And I actually think thinking about it in terms of our entire life, that helps me a lot because that helps me look at the good and the bad and the up and the down more as seasons. And yeah, sometimes it will be like in terms of a day or a week. Like sometimes you will have a week where you have a great day and then you have a not so great day and then you have a great day and a not so great day. For me, how I find these things typically work is more in just terms of like seasons. The bad kind of persists for a while and the good kind of persists for a while. And that's just my ultimate experience of the 50-50. So, okay. I think that's all I have for y'all. Good Lord. I mean, (laughs) when will I learn? When will I learn just to sit down and not be like, oh yeah, this is only going to take 10 minutes because every time I say that to you guys, it never, ever, ever is. But anyways, that's what's new with me. I love you guys. I just want to be like totally open and honest, but I'm doing good. I'm okay. Like we're going to get back at it. We're going to get back up in the saddle. It's just, it's one of those times where things feel hard. Things feel wonky. Things just feel not okay. But I know that everything's going to be okay. Like in my heart of heart of hearts, I know that, I believe that, and I trust in my own ability to take care of myself and to figure things out. And I know I'm strong and we're going to be okay over here. And I know that you're going to be okay. For any of you guys who are like, yeah, sister, same. Like I'm going through it as well. Like the same is true for you. Okay. (laughs) Let's spend the last like 15 minutes talking about the shopping sprint, which this will actually be a concept that I think is really going to help a lot of you guys. So this is a concept that I actually came up with in a coaching session with one of you guys. And as I was coaching you, it was an idea that like just kind of came into my brain. 
And I remember being like, well, why don't you just do this? And why don't you just try this? And I remember the person that I was coaching, she was like, oh, I love that. I really like that. Like, I really think that that would actually work really, really well for me. And then, like I said, I shared it within Overcoming Overspending on one of our weekly coaching calls. And a lot of you guys have tried it and you love it. But it took me a while to figure out, okay, what do I want to call this thing? And I want to call it a shopping sprint. And I think that'll make sense once you kind of hear what this is. So what a shopping sprint is, is it's when you're going to contain the shopping and the spending that you are doing to a short period of time. And then you're going to have a much longer period of time where you're not doing any spending or any shopping in this one particular category. All right. So I think once I explain how to do this, it's going to make a little bit more sense for you. There's a couple of steps that you need to go through before you do your shopping sprint. The first one is that I want you to pick a category of your spending that you want to do your shopping sprint with. And the area that you're probably going to want to do this with is an area where you tend to do a lot of overspending. And it's more so in areas where you do more like one-off spending, not areas where you do more consistent spending. So this isn't something that will actually be good for like eating out, that type of thing, because again, there's only so much that you would be able to eat out and consume in a certain window, right? But some categories that you might want to do this with are categories like clothes, shoes, skincare, makeup, household decor, you know, organizational items, random gadgets on Amazon, things like that. But when you're thinking about, okay, what category do I want to do this with? It needs to be a category that you do a lot of shopping and a lot of spending in. And it's also a category that you do a lot of impulse shopping in and you do a lot of overspending in meaning you're doing a lot of shopping and a lot of spending that's kind of unaligned, that's not very cohesive, it doesn't really mesh well together with one another, you have a lot of excess and junk, you know, maybe it's skincare and you have a lot of like unused bottles under your sink. Maybe it's clothes and you have a lot of clothes stuffed to the back of your closet with tags still on them. Maybe it's like organizational items, right? That you bought and you didn't actually end up using them. They're still in the box or they're just not being utilized how you intended them to be, right? Think in terms of that. I only want you to pick one category. Now, once you get the hang of this, you can do it for more than one category, but when you're first starting, just pick one category. And for the sake of this episode, I'm just going to stick with the example of clothes. All right. So let's say that you want to do your shopping sprint with clothes. The next thing that you're going to do is you are going to figure out your shopping sprint window, window of time. So I want your shopping sprint to be no longer than a couple of days. I would say two to three days. Now, I'm going to give you some suggestions here, but again, you can kind of use your own discernment to decide this for yourself. What you could do, and the way that I've been suggesting it to people, is you could make it the last couple of days of a month. So your shopping sprint window is going to be the last three days of every month. You could also do quarters if you wanted to do less frequently shopping sprints. So you could say, okay, the last three days of each quarter. 
you could also maybe do it around like major holidays if you want to kind of align your shopping sprints with sales. So you could say, okay, I'm going to do a three-day window around Memorial Day, a three-day window around 4th of July, around Labor Day, around Black Friday. You could do it that way. The point is, is that you get to decide this ahead of time. But what you're going to do is you're going to sit down and say, okay, when do I want my shopping sprint to be, my next one to be? And you're going to pick two to three days that's going to be your shopping sprint window. Outside of that two to three day period, that is the time that you are not doing any shopping or any spending in this particular category. Really what you're going to be doing is you're going to be constraining and confining any spending that you do in this one category in that two to three day window of time. That's why I called it a sprint because it's like you're going to be doing all of your shopping for this one category within that two to three day window. And then the last part of this process is you're going to decide an amount ahead of time of how much you're going to spend. So I'm just going to use this example right now. Again, when this episode is airing, it's July 18th. What you could do is you could say, okay, my next shopping sprint window for clothing, I'm going to align it for Labor Day because I know that there's going to be some good sales. So my shopping sprint is going to be, you know, August 31st to September 2nd. That is going to be my shopping sprint window. Outside of that window, I am not going to buy any clothes. If it's not, that window, that window of time that I just said, I'm not going to be buying anything, no clothes. And in that window of time, I'm going to spend X. You get to decide that ahead of time. I'm going to spend $200. I'm going to spend $300 on clothes. But you make that decision before you even start your shopping sprint. You know that ahead of time and you know what you're going to spend. And so essentially how this works, it's, I mean, it's pretty easy to understand is like, You decide the category, you decide when your shopping sprint window is, and you decide how much you're going to spend within your shopping sprint window. When you're not in that window, you're not buying anything. You're not buying any clothes. And then you're going to do all of your shopping within your shopping sprint window. Here's a couple reasons why I actually love this tool and why I think it's going to work really, really well for some of you in particular. So the first thing that you're doing by practicing this tool is you are deciding what you're going to spend in terms of an amount. You are using your prefrontal cortex, your prefrontal power to look ahead into the future and to pick an amount of money where you say, I am going to spend $200 on clothes in my next shopping sprint window. And The other thing is, is you're also deciding when you're going to spend that money. So you're deciding how much you're going to spend and also when you're going to spend the money. Those are two key pieces of information that I think are really important when you are wanting to be a more intentional spender is knowing, okay, what am I going to spend and when am I planning to spend this money? And with this tool, you are doing both of those things. The other reason that I really love this tool is because When you are not in your shopping window, you are practicing the skill of allowing and processing through urges. By doing this, you are practicing discipline, you are practicing delaying gratification, and you are also breaking yourself out of the cycle of see it, want it, buy it, see it, want it, buy it immediately. And you are practicing getting yourself into the cycle of see it, want it, pause, see it, want it, pause. I see it. I like it. I'm going to pause 
and I'm going to consider buying this within my shopping sprint. Now, one other thing that I want you to do when you're not in your window, when you're not in your shopping window, is I want you to be adding things to your things I want to buy list specific to this category. So you guys know I did an episode, gosh, I I don't know, maybe a couple of months ago, it's called Things I Want to Buy, where I teach you the tool of your Things I Want to Buy list, which is essentially when you see something that you want to buy, you add it to your Things I Want to Buy list. And what I recommend as well is you can even kind of have like a more specific Things I Want to Buy list for whatever category you're doing your shopping sprint in. Sticking with the clothing example, it's like every time that you're on Instagram and you see a piece of clothing that you like, you see an influencer wearing something and you're like, oh my God, I love that dress. Oh my God, I love those shoes. Oh my God, I love that watch. Whatever it is that falls into that category, I want you to save it down and I want you to add it to your things that I want to buy list. Maybe you could even make another list that's called your shopping sprint list. When you're not in your shopping sprint window, you're constantly going to be seeing things that you want that probably in the past you would have just bought, right? Like you would have just pulled the trigger on. But right now we're not going to do that because right now we're not within our shopping sprint window. We're simply going to save it down, either take a screenshot of it, take a picture of it, add it to the list. And we're going to tell our brains, like brain, it's not that I can't have this and it's not that I can't buy it eventually. We're just not going to buy it right now. And that is actually how you build your muscle of discipline. That is how you become a more selective and a more purposeful spender, somebody who can actually delay gratification into the future where you practice that and you go through that enough times. And that becomes your norm more than just the see it, want it, buy it that many of y'all are used to being in. Another reason why I love this is because whenever you actually sit down to do your shopping sprint, you're like, okay, like here we are. It's the end of August. My shopping sprint window is here. For the next three days, I'm going to do my shopping sprint. When you actually get to that point and you sit down and you start shopping and you start buying things, again, having the number in your head that you know you have to spend you are going to start thinking of this category of spending more so as a collective whole than just random individual items. Let's just kind of play this out. Let's just say from now until the end of August, you haven't bought any clothes. But the entire time you've been collecting things, you've been seeing things that you like on social media, you've been going through stores, you've been taking pictures of things, you've kind of created this like collective, either like a photo album, maybe it's a Pinterest board, something like that of all of the things that you like. When you get to your shopping sprint window, what's going to happen is you're going to get to sit down and you're going to get to look at everything that you have saved down that you've liked for the past, you know, 30, 45 days. And you're like, okay, here it is. Like here is everything that in the past 45 days has caught my attention and that I liked. And that at the time I thought, hey, maybe when I'm in my shopping sprint window, I will actually want to consider buying this. But then what you're doing is you're looking at everything as a collective whole. You're looking at your wardrobe as a whole, your skincare routine as a whole, your makeup collection as a whole, your perfume collection as a whole, like whatever it is, it's looking at everything as a collective whole. And again, saying, okay, I have $200 to spend. Here's everything that I wanted to get. What do I want to get within these items that's within the $200? So not only will you start thinking about 
the items that you're getting more as like a family of items and as a collection of items that work well together and that make a lot of sense together. And you won't just have all these like random, like off the cuff, knickknacky things that don't really jive with all of your other things. Not only will that happen, but I will also tell you from my experience and from what you guys have told me that I've tried this, it's so much easier to stick to your budget and to stick to that number when you sit down and you buy everything all at one time, having that number top of mind. I think one of the biggest reasons that a lot of us struggle to stick to a number and to stick to a budget is because we will go into the month with this number and the number will seem relatively like large or reasonable to us. And then we'll start going out spending money and we'll be like, oh, well, you know, I just bought this $30 top here. I just bought this $15 pair of earrings here. I just bought this $60 pair of shoes here. It doesn't seem like much when it's happening at the time, but it's almost kind of this concept of like death by a thousand cuts. We're like, oh, well, it's just a $15 pair of earrings or a $50 pair of shoes or a $30 top. It doesn't seem like a lot when it's happening just in these individual moments throughout our month. When we come to the end of the month and we start totaling it all up, we're like, whoa, I spent $400. Like I spent double what I wanted to spend as opposed to you sitting down for one shopping sprint, one shopping session and saying, okay, I'm going to spend all of this $200 in one fell swoop. I feel like it's so much easier to stick within your number and stick within your budget when you're doing it all at once rather than just individual like purchases throughout the time period. The last reason why I love this tool And some of you guys may not see it this way initially, but it actually is scientifically true that this is how it works, is that by doing this, you are going to be giving your brain double the amount of dopamine than you do when you just see it, want it, buy it. Remember that dopamine is the anticipation molecule, which means that it actually gets released in the anticipation of a future pleasurable stimuli aka when we get to like anticipate or think about shopping. So when you are giving yourself this amount of time of saying, I'm not going to shop right now, but I know that the shopping sprint is coming. I know that I have that reward waiting for me. And in the meantime, what I'm going to do is I'm going to allow this time to become more disciplined, to allow and process urges, to become a better feeler, to be much more intentional about what I'm going to spend my money on and to actually start looking at the things that I'm going to bring into my life and in my environment as like a collective whole rather than just like random knickknacky items. But while I'm doing that and while I'm practicing that, I also just kind of get to savor in all of the excitement of knowing that I have a shopping sprint coming up. It's like you're telling your brain, not yet. It's not like you're telling your brain, no, you're just saying just not yet, not right now. When you do your shopping sprints, you're going to get the dopamine release of just being in that anticipation, knowing that that shopping sprint is coming. It's something that you can look forward to. It's something in the future. And then you're also going to get the hit of dopamine when you get to sit down and do your shopping sprint, right? Because you're going to get to click the buy now button and that's going to feel really good. And that's going to give you a hit of dopamine as well. This tool and this method is actually going to feel twice as good to you as if you're just 
randomly buying things, randomly shopping at random points, just when you see random things and want random things. Like I get it. We sometimes want to think that that's not the case, that it actually feels better just to get what we want when we want it. But there actually is so much pleasure and enjoyment that can be unlocked when we wait. And by waiting, there's so many incredible benefits. Like not only is it going to feel twice as good, but you're going to get to practice all of those other things that I just listed. This is the shopping sprint. You decide the category you want to do it for. You decide your windows of time. And again, that's up to you. And maybe this is something you only do a shopping sprint once a year. Like maybe you're like, look, I want to once a year go shopping for a new wardrobe and the rest of the year, I'm not going to buy any clothes. But when I do my shopping sprint once a year, I'm going to spend, I don't know, I'm just making this number up. Like I'm going to spend $3,000. This is a tool that you can use kind of the general outlines that I've given you, but please make it your own. And also please feel like there's no like rules or guidelines or restrictions. If you don't do it exactly the way I told you here, that you're messing it up or you're doing it wrong. Because I know that obviously questions come up like, okay, well, what if like, for instance, I'm doing skincare and I actually do run out of something that I need, right? Like, is it okay that I replenish something that I need? Or what if there's like this huge, massive flash sale that pops up and I'm going to miss it because it's not in my you know, shopping sprint window. Like all of those things are things that you get to decide and you get to navigate as you're doing this. And I want to give you the power to say that you can make those decisions for yourself when they arise for what's going to work best for you. But this is something that you can really take and use the guidelines of it and make it your own. Pick what category you want to do it for, pick the amounts, pick the times, and really kind of take it and mold it. Make it your own and make your own rules and make it be something that works for you, that benefits you, and that helps you. But it's something that I've been trying and I really, really love it. Like just doing all of my shopping in a concentrated amount of time. It's just, it's made me such a better shopper, such a better spender, a better feeler, a better manager of my money. It's made me more disciplined. Like there's just been so many amazing benefits of it. And I think it could really give the same to you. So that is the shopping sprint, my friends. Share it, share it, share it. All right, y'all. That's what I have for you this week. I'm so happy to be back again. I am funk free. Do not worry. I'm back. I'm we are just we are moving forward. We're all doing the best that we can. And for any of you guys who I don't know, this resonated with you of what I was saying in the first half of the episode. I just want you to know that like I love you. I am here for you. We are all in this together. And I'm just gonna quote what Allie Kate said. Um, my friend Allie Cates, who was the trauma recovery coach that was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. She said, you know what? Like sometimes it's just okay to not be okay. And I think that's just the message that we got to hear sometimes. So I love you guys. Have a great week and we'll see you next week. Bye. Hey girl, if you enjoyed this episode, I want to invite you to join me in overcoming overspending. It's my signature program where I take you through my three phase approach to stop impulse shopping and overspending so that you can finally start making substantial progress with your finances. Through the self-paced online program, the student community group, and live weekly coaching with me, you will receive all the encouragement you need to finally achieve lasting change with your money habits that have been sabotaging you for so long. You'll have money back in your pocket. You will leave behind the stress and the worry that you currently experience with money, and your spending will be controlled purposeful and actually feel good and be fun. The best part is it's 100% risk-free. 
you have a lifetime to implement my proven process. And after doing that, if you don't make your investment back, I will give you a full refund. Your results are guaranteed or the program is on me. Just head over to overcomingoverspending.com to get started. I can't wait to have you as a student within the program.